Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Late Night Drives podcast. Uh, we have an F1 2021 roundup special this episode, and we have Sukriti, Nikhil, and Sai joining us. Uh, hi guys, how are you guys doing? Hey, Prash. Pretty good. I'm just uh, kind of devastated that the F1 season's over. <laughs> I barely watched any of the races. I, mean, I think I watched the last four Grand Prix, and I and I miss F1 already. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I watched. We were just talking before this. I think I watched every race this season, except Qatar, um, for reasons beyond my control. <laughs> yeah, it's just another what seventy nine days. Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. On the day of the last race. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, mm-hmm. that's the F FIA statement. Part of the FIA part of the FIA statement, and part of the F um, AMG Mercedes uh, team statement is, we left Abu Dhabi in disbelief of what had just what we had just witnessed. Of course, it's part of the game to lose a race, but it's something different when you lose faith in racing. Now, obviously, these statements are as a result of what happened in Abu Dhabi, right? And the fans' reactions, drivers' managements' reactions, and Like people across the world have kind of panned F1 for uh, and the FIA for the decisions that were taken and the way in which the championship ended. Uh, what do you guys think about what happened? Like, what were your views on the race and about the incident that took place? I think Sukriti has already spoken about it uh, uh, in the at length in our last uh, episode. Yeah, so I spent like the last twenty laps of the race yeah. in the bathroom trying not to cry. So. <laughs> That that that's my point. Yeah, but what about you guys? Sai, what do you think about it? Yeah. I think I, I can say this as a as a Max fan. Like when all of this was unfolding, I was super happy. But then I would say, like maybe, you know, as it sunk in, I was not very happy with that. Like I definitely do think like Max is a deserving champion, and if you look at His performance over the season, I would say that he was a more kind of. Um, I know it's debatable some of his actions in um, Saudi on the track. Uh, he was definitely the more aggressive driver throughout the season, but I would say he was a more faultless driver also throughout the season. And so I did feel that he was like a worthy champion. But I'm pretty sure if you ask him also deep down, he probably wouldn't want to win this way. Uh, and I think he's he's kind of alluded to that. That you know he's, he's happy, but at the same time, you know. So I, I think that's going to serve him well because you know he'll he'll take that uh, as you know I still have more championships to win and, and stuff like that. But I, I think Michael Massey just wanted a spectacular end to the to the Grand Prix and a couple of different ways he could have done it. Right, he could have red flagged the race. Yeah. Know, I think that would yeah. have been, and then everybody would have been on fresher tires. And exactly. Would have had it. Could have just done that, right? And and I don't know exactly what his thought process was, but. But I was looking at some of the rules, and there are certain situations where the you know the race director has authority in terms of what he can and can't do. But the problem is, all of that authority becomes more relevant when it's a safety issue. And when he made these decisions, it was not a safety. Issue, right? There was there was there was nothing that was going to happen had he kept the safety car out another lap. There's nothing going to happen that if he asked those five you know uh, lap cars between Max and Lewis to Not unlock themselves, or task everybody to unlock themselves, right? So, uh, in any which way you look at it, right? Like you know, it, it there's 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 not one rule that could justify his actions on that day. And so, for me, I thought it was it was a bit of a farce. I'm happy with the with the championship outcome on the whole, but I think um, it was kind of a disgrace for for F1 at the end. To be honest. I mean, it speaks to the how much they want to uh, keep the integrity of the sport, right? As much as they say that in their statement, it just doesn't seem like yeah. it in in practice. At least it didn't. Uh, yeah. The Abu Dhabi. Even on safety, also makes sense. Like safety. Okay, so I don't think anybody is questioning that they should, you know, uh, the safety car. 
you know i think i think toto wolf was really upset about the safety car in the beginning but then once yeah. the safety yeah. car was there is no 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 make sure it stays out yeah. you can have your you can have your pie and eat it too or cake and eat it too, whatever but i think that's fine i think there are some people saying that you know uh, even in a red flag situation right like um you would have a red flag if the barriers were destroyed and uh, needed some repair work and that was also not the case but it would have been a bit more consistent with some of the calls he's taken on red flags this season and if he wanted that you know end to the race red flagging it would have been like it would have been like a sprint race right yeah exactly years. and uh, yeah so only he knows uh, what the truth is he can put out as many statements as he wants in the FIA can as well yeah so mercedes didn't bring either of their cars to the FIA gala Yeah, the they've also withdrawn their appeal, by the way. They yeah. no longer. They withdrew their appeal. I think uh, I was reading that the Max said that it was uh, it was Lewis, or they're saying that Lewis was the one who encouraged Mercedes to withdraw their appeal. So. Are we really surprised about that, though? Surprised that Lewis asked them to withdraw their appeal? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he's. Um, it's interesting. I I think um, he took it very well. you know like it took it surprisingly well so you know either that means that um, you know could just mean that he wants to come back with the bang next year you know yeah anything is motivation at this point so we just look at how he took his disqualification in brazil and went on to win that race i'm really excited for the next year with this yeah. the last lap of 2021 championship maybe you need maybe you need like yeah maybe yeah. you need something like personal to drive you further so maybe this is yeah. it yeah yeah Um, what about you, Nick? What did you think of the race? And what so to the last point, right? With the Hamilton thing, I honestly feel, I mean, Hamilton was was way too composed. Like even in the car radio, he didn't seem flustered by the whole event. He just seemed like, you know, this is not right, but it is what it is. But I don't think, from what I've learned about Hamilton over the last couple of races, I don't think he's the type to want to. like say the FIA did make the decision to overturn it he would not want to win in that way you know he wouldn't want that to be his legacy for the for his the eighth victory that he had so i think that's why he chose not to do so but in terms of max i have a slightly varying opinion so i think after watching his post race interviews and all of that he seems perfectly content with one world um championship and he's not he didn't seem like you know I'm on to the next one he's like oh yeah next 2 3 years we'll race we'll figure it out i mean he's that mindset i think of he's achieved a goal that he won't come back the next race and do ridiculously well as well or, or put in a fight but he always said i don't know why he just seemed like you know this is good i got it i'm happy let's move on to to other things sort of a uh, expression so i don't know but regarding the fi I have I've been I've been thinking about this a lot okay so initially when it happened my opinion was and I'm a uh, so I'm also a Max supporter so to speak I think you mentioned that you were as well yeah. no so yeah so I'm also a Max fan I wanted him to win but when the race like the last thing it went out I was like well this is just not right and I genuinely felt Mercedes was the rightful winner at that moment right but then and i was like you know this just just doesn't seem right the whole situation but when i spent some time thinking about it and to sukriti's point as well like you 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 mentioned this as well but max didn't do anything wrong i mean he's a fighter so he was put in a position to fight for a, for a championship role and he did it he was like okay i'll go for it i'll win and he won but i feel this whole yeah. commotion right would not have happened and i still agree with the fia on this if they didn't have direct contact with with marcy i feel because i mean imagine the dude is lived yeah. his whole formula 1 career i think pretty much in the shadows or whatever him and the fia they really haven't done or i haven't heard of yeah. them being like so much in the news and in these last 3 4 races he's been like bombarded i'm sure he had absolutely no clue on how to do, go about handling that pressure and he messed the whole thing up basically just to clarify nikhil we are just uh, listening to that radio it's always happened yeah. it's just oh, being really? broadcast to us uh, for, the for the first time that's it oh, oh. Also, i'm relatively new in the role only yeah. since 2009 I, I i do like it as a fan like hearing all this stuff but like 
I mean, I just wish like Toto Wolf and like Christian Horner would just shut up sometimes. You know, like they really, really need to like cut down on this communication between like team principals and the FIA. Just let them do their. Uh, you know, I was, I was seeing um, a debrief by um, Peter Windsor recently. You know, after the last race, and he was talking about how Michael Massey is not like a like-for-like replacement for Charlie Whiting in the sense that there are responsibilities. That some of them that he's taken and some of them that other people have taken, and uh, how you know the race director and the entire like FIA support crew when it comes to like you know, the direction of the race is understaffed, underfunded, and so there needs to be a lot done over there to make sure that they have um, you know the the ability to take the right decisions too. So I think it's just a combination of a lot of things that need to be looked at, um, and. Uh, I would definitely be happy if the team principals have less access uh, to the FIA during the races. Yeah. So just speaking of like team principals having access to the FIA, right? Like Christian Horner also did go on to the radio and tell Michael Massey that all we need is one lap of racing, which is true because Max was on softs and much fresher tires, and they literally did yeah. need just one lap of racing. And did he um, say this like way earlier? No, he said it on lap fifty-six, and then lap fifty-eight was was when uh, they uh, when they raced. When they raced. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because Michael Massey in 2020 at the German uh, Grand Prix very clearly said that all uh, all lapped cars must unlap themselves when there was a similar like yellow flag situation. safety car situation um, for the last lap of the race. He and it was yes, again Hamilton and Max in in P1 and P2. He said all uh, lapped cars must, must, unlap, must themselves. unlap themselves. And I think the race finished under safety car. Yeah. So it's it's so, it's so interesting. So, so is it also a scenario of like is he getting like is the pressure getting to him so he's making these decisions basis what's happening or, or or what because then he's clearly contradicting something that he said like just a year ago yeah i i think sukhdi to that point i feel that's exactly right at least from the the little that i watched it literally felt like he was like you know you know when you're when you're pressured to make a decision and you're like well if i say if i let the safety car get to the end of the race well shit it's it's like, all gonna be like how oh, you didn't let them race and all that nonsense so let me just let half of them go and let's just finish the race off he was damned either way like whether he ended yeah, he Red Bull exactly. it's saying how why it was absolutely not necessary to end the safety car if you do damned if you don't and i think like yeah. that pretty much Thumbs up, Michael Massey's season. Yeah. Poor guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so one, Nikhil yeah. was saying though about Max seeming a little content about like winning this championship. Is it because um like like way back in the first half of the season when Max took like the lead of the championship, like Helmut Marco came out and said Red Bull's going to give everything they have to the car this year. Like they will deprioritize development for next year if Max has a shot at winning this championship because all they want is for Max mm-hmm. to win this championship. So is that also like a case of that where perhaps he knows going into 2022 that his car may not be at the level that it was this year? Because at the start of this year, I think the Red Bull was a superior car. Yeah, and I think maybe that's his way of setting expectations just to continue your point. Maybe yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I Didn't we start seeing Newey only like in the last few races of the season? Yeah. yeah. So they, 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 they kept him tucked away in his design cave on the 2022 car. No, on the like Aston the last... Martin Valkyrie. The road of all the things, <laughs> and, and, and I agree. Like I think the Red Bull was a faster car over a single lap in the beginning of the season. I think the, on race pace, I would say the Mercedes was still probably the better car over the season. But over a lap, you know, or maybe in the hands of Max, definitely was yeah. a faster car over a lap. So I think this. I think with Max, right? Like what he says versus like what he does on the track are very very different things. Like you know, he he. I think he talks things down because maybe that's a that's a good place to be, right? Like, how many people can talk about being multiple times world champion, especially if you're in a position where you haven't even won one, yeah. right? Uh, there's 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 not much that you can benefit from saying that. So, it, it's possible that he was just kind of like goal setting, you know, and then after that taking it from there. I don't think anybody. You know, dreams of becoming like a three-time or four-time world champion. But even in my mind, I was thinking, you know, I just hope that he doesn't go the Kimi way. But he he seems like somebody who is uh, a lot more hardworking, a lot more just like racing is my life kind of a person yeah. uh, than Kimi, where hey, this is a hobby, you know, like all this stuff. <laughs> so I think um, you know, I think 
I think we're going to see more from Max, and, and I think, uh, you know, I, I think he's in it for the long run, uh, and I think, you know, he's going he's gonna to win more championships if he has the car. Yeah, speaking of cars and like the Mercedes versus Red Bull at the start of the season, uh, at the end of it, after everything that happened over these last 23 races, who according which like which of them was like superior to you like by the end of like the season which was the better overall race package between the Merck and the Red Bull or anyone or like I mean, any of the other cars I mean I would just put those two yeah. right at the top of the list just because you know they were the ones fighting it out for the championship but which was like the best car according to you the best package like by the end of the season it's tough to say because like the Red Bull in the hands of Max I think like the Caveat, right? If you think about some of the points that he lost out on, of course, we went to the last race of the season. Yeah. But, you know, Baku should have been like, I don't think Red Bull optimized the points that they could have had. Like, they, yeah. it was not their fault. Baku and then Hungary, he got Botast, you know. And so, um, I would say, like, there are over the season, you know, if things went according to plan, he would have been probably 50 points ahead in the last race, right? Or maybe not 50, like 30 points, something like that, right? So, I think uh, in the hands of Max, it's probably a better race car. But like, if I had to pick, you know, and put somebody else in in both cars, I think maybe the Red Bull was quicker over a lap. But I just feel that Mercedes was just a better race car in like all conditions. You know, like it's it's it was sort of better on its tires. Um, you know, whether whatever compound you put it on, it seemed to be up there. You know, uh, and so. Yeah, I think that's it's, it's tough to say, but if I had to pick one car, you know, to, to be in over the course of the season, um, I would probably pick the Red Bull. What about you, Nick? Three to four races you watched the last ones. Who, what do you think was the better package? So I honestly feel like hats out. It was just the Mercedes because I feel I mean they did keep changing their engine and whatnot. They did a lot of. They took the to penalties though for that. Uh, yeah. They, oh yeah, they also took the penalties for that exactly. And but I don't know if it's just Hamilton's way of driving, or if it's Max's way of driving. But when I see them race, Hamilton looks so relaxed, and you know he's like, "All oh, yeah, right, yeah. this is pretty easy, straightforward, yeah. not too difficult." And Max is like, "Oh, he's fighting for his life to get to that yeah, first yeah. pole position." So it just feels either the Mercedes is that good or Hamilton himself is that good in that car, you know? So just gives off that impression. So I will, I will rephrase it, right? So I think when the Red Bull was better than the Mercedes, it was marginally better. But Bought when it. the yeah, Mercedes exactly. was better than the Red Bull, it was frighteningly better. You better right? Right? You don't think there was like, Red Bull did not have a Brazil type weekend or a Qatar type weekend, right? Yeah. Like they didn't. I think, I think the, the closest weekend that they were at perfection was Zandvoort was awesome. Um, one of the Austri- Austrian Grand Prix's was Stadium. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The what first one, they were really good. I think the Mercedes, yeah. they could get the tire temperature right, is the superior oh, car. Yeah. The it, superior car. Yeah. Like, when they've had the advantage, right, they were scarily better than Red Bull. Yeah. And yeah. Red Bull was better by the skin of its teeth uh, whenever it was better, right? Mostly is how I would put it. Yeah. And I think you can you can see like uh, it's, Mercedes is probably an easier car to drive too. If you look at the number two drivers and how they've done, right? So like I'd say Bottas at one point in the season until Qatar, he had more poles than Hamilton, I think. So he was you know had more. Poles I think that's than also a result of Bottas being Bottas and Perez being Betis <laughs> Perez. I mean, at the end of the day, they're two different, very different personalities. <laughs> Bottas was just yeah, being exactly. that much more consistent. Bottas has been that much more consistent and he's probably the better qualifier too. Yeah. Right? yeah. So we've discussed the cars and you guys' opinions on which cars are superior. If I had to pick, I would obviously be the Mercedes as well. I mean, I think uh, it just proved itself to be that much quicker than the Red Bull in pretty much every scenario, right? There was, like Sai mentioned, very few scenarios in which the Red Bull was quicker and that too only over a lap. I don't think there was ever, ever a race distance where uh, the uh, Red Bull was significantly quicker. But yeah, coming to the drivers now, who was your driver of the season? Like you guys, for whatever reason, who you guys thought was your driver of the season? So I'll take this one because it's going to be a very short answer. But... Uh... <laughs> 
but I think I think my driver of the season would definitely have to be uh, Max because of his aggressive. Like he, I think I feel he made it fun. You know, I mean, it was maybe unsafe and all of that, but from my opinion, it just seemed like a very amazing way to get my feet like wet with Formula One. It was phenomenal. So I I would go with Max. Nice. I think I think for me, I also it's it's easily Max. I think he had only one messy weekend and he still finished second, right? So like he almost had the qualifying lap of the season in Qatar. He didn't. That was that was a, I think that was his first mistake all season, right? In Qatar, like he was I just think he made a couple it. mistakes before that. That was his I... first mistake of the season, not involving Lewis. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a racing incident. Right? That was the first. One. I mean, like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, as as a F1 driver over a lap, right? Like, yeah, he yeah. was just clinical this season. Like, he just yeah. he was in a league of his own. So, I think, like, you know, apart from that weekend, and you know, the other two were Imola and Silverstone racing incidents, you know, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I, I think he was just he was a, he was on a different level, right? So, I think Lewis made more mistakes. They didn't really get magnified because they didn't cost him too much, right? So, like, Baku was a big one. Uh, and then um, he also had Imola, where he lost his front wing, still finished second. I think he spun in the pits in Russia, right? Didn't really cost him anything. Um, I think there was one where he blocked Nikita Mazepin. I forget which race was that. Saudi or Qatar. That could have been a big collision, and he didn't get penalized for that. Uh, and um, yeah, I think I think he. The incidents, I think he, he had kind of luck shining on him until the very end. Uh, you know, like not to say that he was lucky throughout the season, he was also excellent, but whatever mistakes were there, they didn't cost too much. Uh, and yeah, so I think, yeah, for me, Max, of the two like championship protagonists, I think Max was, um, you know, and I think, I, I think, I don't think there's any debate about the fact that Max is a deserving champion. I don't think, even if people are rooting for Lewis, I don't think they can go back and say, oh, you know, like, Max wasn't deserving of the championship, so I think uh, I think people are more upset with the FIA than Max. Yeah, for sure, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. And when he had his chance, like I think a lot of people, what they're saying is, yeah, okay, you know, he, he that last lap, but he had one lap to get it done, yeah. even if he was on better tires, right? And we've seen a lot of drivers in superior machinery on better tires struggle, right? Like even like. Lewis himself in Hungary behind Alonso for 11 laps, uh, behind Sergio this, this race, and he just got it done. Like so, you know, I, I don't think people are talking about that also a lot. That like, he just like over a lap, he just sent it. You know, like he made it happen. But... Who is your driver of the race? It will be uh, season driver of the season. So sorry. this is really tricky, right? Because like you said, I think uh, you cannot deny that Max deserved to win. Um, and for me, like. In my opinion, both Max and Lewis deserved uh, the title. Um, yeah. Because um, Lewis made mistakes, but then he made the drive from uh, P20 to P5 in Brazil in the sprint, and then P10 to P1 in the race, right? And and like over the course of a weekend, making up 25 places. That's like to me, that yes. was one of the most fabulous drives that I have seen um, yeah. in F1. So it's really hard to pick. Uh, but just for his um, attitude off track, I would say Hamilton. Just purely for that. I think, he, I, to your point, I think he definitely had like the standout races of the season. Like Brazil comes to mind. And then uh, I think Max also had like Zandvoort. I think it's more memorable because it was his home race. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like Brazil and then the, you know, the scary qualifying gap in like Qatar. Yeah. I think I think towards the end of the season and Hamilton always after the summer break he comes back and he's a he's a different animal. So he had like the more like memorable standout races uh, in the season. But I think for me like over the course of the season Max was just like on it every weekend. Yeah. He's just there. I'm gonna be like a flake and say I can't be. Wow. Can we kick you out of this podcast now? Yeah. <laughs> I will mean, say that they, they were just at a different level from everybody else. Yeah. Yes, I will give you that. And and that's why I feel like I can't pick. I mean, at the end of the day, in the last three races, they pulled out 20, 30 second leads over like the rest of the field. Oh. So, 
Uh, including their like teammates, right? Okay, they may not have had exactly the same machinery. Yeah. They may not have had exactly the same cars, etc., etc. But at the end of the day, they still managed to do that, and they managed to do that comfortably. So I, genuinely, I can't. Kimi is your driver of the season. Kimi is my evergreen driver of any season, but <laughs> I'm still going to be a flake and say genuinely, I cannot pick between the two. But I do have picks for my next two question, which is uh, the underrated driver and who you felt was like the overrated driver, right? And like for the underrated driver, I'm definitely going to go for uh, signs. I feel like he kind of uh, flew under everybody's radar uh, uh, until he snatched that P5 away from uh, Leclerc first and then Norris uh, in the driver's championship. Do not get on the signs train. Please do not. Okay. I have been talking about this for the longest time. Yeah, don't suddenly come yeah. your way just because he's gotten ahead of Charles in the championship and like being a Ferrari teammate in the same car, everything. Look, Do not. I'm just saying that he was an underrated, he was my underrated driver, right? He was and, and like for me, the probably the most overrated, if you ask me, was probably Perez. Uh, I think it was so much spoken about uh, him bringing his years of experience in F1, finally getting the drive in one of the top teams, you know, him being able to compete at that top level. And I think he, the like some of the performances he put in were just like completely abysmal. Like, Can we just agree the Red Bull second seat is not a top team? It's just not. Yeah, Red Bull, the, the first seat at Red Bull is a part of the top teams, yes. The second seat at Red Bull is not a top team seat. I, I find that so, so hard to believe. At the end of the day, at least to begin with, they should have the same machinery, right? No, but like I think his job description this yeah. was to help Max win the title. So if it meant pitting for the fastest lap, if it meant staying out late on tires at the risk of competition, it's, it's very okay. difficult to have. I think we've it's, it's side. difficult to have. You know, Anyway, we'll come back to Sai. What do you think, Nikhil? Who was your like uh, underrated and overrated driver? <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I would say underrated driver. Man, I have no idea. Who who's the uh, no pressure? At least, like, who do you think? Who do you who impressed you? Yeah, in your first season right? of F one, other than Max. Who in impressed that, you? Okay, okay. Then I would I would go with Lando Norris because from what yeah. the races that I saw with Lando, I mean he's also very very he seems very calm, but he's always seems like he's fighting. Whereas when you compare him to uh, Ricciardo, who I literally was like vouching for when I started watching the that Netflix Netflix TV show, but I mean he just didn't seem like he was in it. Yeah, he was like yeah, it is what it is. But Lando was whatever he got, he gave it all. I felt so. He's my underrated driver, overrated. Oh man! I, I mean, just who you've heard of, right? And who like didn't who live, didn't up. live yeah. up to your expectations for whatever reasons? Whether it's because of drive ah, Daniel, survive, whether Daniel, it's Daniel, definitely Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I feel he was absolute trash this season. <laughs> okay, that's what I like. It's like really hard. Yeah, it is a fact. He did win a race, I, I'll he give you that. But, yeah. but, but look at Charles coming yeah, I do agree Lando. With you. Yeah. and Daniel's way back. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I think uh, actually uh, Subhuti, did you did you mention your your list? No, uh, my overrated oh. for sure is Daniel. Uh, I just thought coming into McLaren with the kind of uh, uh, momentum McLaren had, you know, finishing P3 last year. Uh, I thought he would definitely be up there in the mix with Lando and um, give it Give it. I think Ferrari made up in the second half of the season. Otherwise, they were relatively far behind. But at one point, Lando was P three in the driver standings. Yeah, yeah. Also. yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. So for me, overrated. Overrated driver or overrated season? Uh, I would say overrated driver for this whatever year. Re- this year, like this year for whatever reasons, right? Like whatever your reasons are. And what about your underrated driver? I think the world underrated Carlos Sainz and I'm very happy to see that the world is realizing <laughs> that uh, this man is worthy of uh, of a lot of success. It, it sucks. He's, he's 
got the most uh, uh, laps in F1, uh, most points in F1 without a win. But I hope that changes next year. Also, one of the only drivers to finish like twenty races in the points this yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Him and Lando. I think that was one of my questions. Me and Gasly were just like always. Yeah. For me, I would say, um, I think like underrated. Yes, Carlos Sainz, but because everybody says he's underrated, doesn't that make him like popular? So, <laughs> underrated. So maybe I'll go everybody's with, saying uh, that yeah. only now, Sai. Yeah. Everybody's only saying yeah. that now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, I think Carlos Sainz for sure. Like I was just doing some thinking about this though. You know, like I. And I, and I looked at some of the statistics earlier this year. So, like after like race ten, right, the last eleven races of the season, so you can say maybe he needs his ten, about ten races to get used to the car and stuff, and different engine, you know, different uh, philosophy and everything. The last eleven races, they were five and six in quality. So he caught up to Leclerc in quality too, right? You know, because I think he was a more consistent like driver in the races, and Leclerc, he had his incidents and crashes, but. I think he was catching up with him on pace too. So I still think he is. I think he's a smarter race car driver. You know, he's like Fernando in the sense like his racing IQ is really really good. Like when he speaks, dude, he's got Vettel's engineer man, and he made that guy sound smart. You know, like he, was like, he knew like you know his position on the track. He knew what strategies people were on. Like you know his his, his race awareness is really really good, and that's going to serve him well in a car that might not be the best. Right, but I do feel like if they, if Ferrari has a dominant car, right, you know, going into next season, and that's what everybody wants to see Ferrari at the front. I'm still gonna back Leclerc because I think he's over raw pace, right? You give him a car that you know he can put on pole and just control the race from there, right? I think he's just a faster driver. But if they've got a car where it's you know might be the second best in the field or maybe even third best, I think Sainz is gonna be the one who's gonna have that that racing IQ is gonna help him, right? Uh, so it depends on what kind of car they have. And we'll see how that how that bromance plays out, you know, <laughs> when when things are a bit higher stake. Yeah. Yeah. I I would definitely imagine Leclerc is not happy with this outcome this season. So I'd say yeah, science underrated. Another like uh, special shout out. Um, two special shout outs would be Lando. I think we talked about him. I think Pierre Gasly also, right? Yeah. Who's just like clunking that car. Like P5 was just his like throughout. Yeah, season. his part, right? Ferraris in quality in so many different races and just yeah. up there the McLaren. And um, for a car that's based off of like last year's Red Bull, which apparently, you know, he didn't in the previous years, which he didn't like very well, he's definitely one to watch out for. Hopefully he gets another chance. Uh, overrated, I would I would also go the Perez route. And I think had he not um, you know, had he not done what he did in that last race, people would be really, really questioning. You know, like why he was signed again with, uh, you know, with Red Bull, right? I think he had that one performance that really stood out, but you know, he oftentimes Max was again on his own in a lot of these different races. I think the ones where he did come into play were, I think, the French Grand Prix. He helped out a little bit. Baku, he sealed some constructors' points, you know, yeah. because of the win after the boat, and then this last race, but he wasn't really there, you know, in most of the other races, so. Yeah, I think definitely over it. I think when they signed him last year itself, I was like, dude, this is not the right guy to sign. You know, like they had, uh, you know, Hulkenberg coming in and, you know, putting that uh, Force India racing point, whatever you want to call it, uh, Aston Martin, you know, on P3 uh, in one of the races and stuff. I was like, you got somebody who's probably a bit more driven and probably a bit more consistent. And I think I think Perez, his defensive driving is stellar, right? But like, you need to be in a position to defend. And he wasn't there often enough. So yeah, Perez overrated driver this season. So what was the best race, yeah, for you guys? I mean, most uh, uh, like most exciting strategies played out, most overtakes. What was the best, like best overall race experience? Mikhail, let's start with you. I mean, you have like experience of like watching four races. So of those so four, I which one did you like the most? <laughs> I think I liked uh, Saudi Arabia, wasn't it? The new track that was that they raised this year. I yeah. think I liked that the most, not only because it was a very exciting race, but because I learned a shit ton in that race. You know, I didn't know so much of what what goes around when you call a safety car, the red flag, and the restart, and all of that, yeah. and the whole with the whole tire change and everything. So I feel it was a learning experience while really being exciting and 
Um, I, I just enjoyed that race. So I think that would be my best race of the season. What about you, Sufi? Uh, for me, it's between Monza and uh, Brazil this year. Monza just because we got a McLaren one two, and um, yeah, that just Daniel winning after uh, you know his entire time with Renault. With, yeah, Renault. And um, just, just it was, it was just too happy. I, I was just too happy. And Brazil, because like I said, I, I thought Hamilton's drive from uh, the disqualification and quali after the race win was just something I, I had not seen. So just that weekend was phenomenal. What about you, Sai? I think if I had to watch like an entire race weekend again, I think Brazil, right? Because it just, I mean, every single event was exciting, right? Sprint race, quality, and all the drama behind it. And then, you know, just watching the inevitable happen as Hamilton got, like that weekend was just. And then, um, if I had to think about like one race where strategy really, really played out, I think the French Grand Prix was like a strategy masterclass. I think Red Bull was really, really honored with their strategy this season. And, um, but my, probably my favorite race of the season, probably the last one. I think it was just like the one that really got my heart going because it was the end of the season, right? Yeah. Had this been the first race of the year, maybe not as much, yeah. but I think contextually, contextually, you know, yeah. it was just, yeah, that was, that was the race for me. I would have to pick Brazil as well. I've never seen a driver like make up 25 places over a weekend, uh, despite being penalized repeatedly. And uh, yeah, this, I, I just found it like super exciting. And I think that's the only uh, race in which the sprint weekend, actually the sprint race, the sprint qualifying, I don't know, whatever you call it, actually worked. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I I really want to see more sprint weekends, but I want to see more sprint weekends, as Sukriti has mentioned several times on the podcast, at venues where overtaking is possible, so that you have stuff like, you know, what happened in Brazil. But yeah, speaking of where overtaking is possible, did you all have like a favorite track or like, did you all have like a track where, you know, you know that you all thought was like, the best on the calendar or the most point or like or or like one which like a track that really stood out whether for being like completely pointless because of how boring the race was or uh how exciting the race was right like just like a track that stood out for you guys I think the Paul Ricard track is really boring so I think we really need to change it so I would say that uh, I thought Zanwood's banking was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Saudi Arabia was potentially too dangerous. <laughs> potentially. <laughs> potentially. Yeah. Um, what else? I think the Russian track is really boring. Russia this year was... I think we didn't have... Um, we didn't have the main protagonists also like relatively show up in that race. Right? Did Lewis start like with a penalty or something in that race? What has won? What has won the Russian? No, that was no. last year. Lewis won. Lewis won Russia. Lewis won Russia. Lewis won Russia. Yeah. The Russian race itself was exciting, man. Not because of the track. Not because of the track. Yeah, but because of the weather, right? Like I have to agree. Oh, yeah. I think I think Paul Ricard is probably like one of the worst circuits. It is the most. We had a good race. We had a good race this year. Yeah. We had a good race, but like as a circuit, I think Paul Ricard and probably Turkey for me are like the two that are uh, not so great. Like I think Baku is probably one of the nicest. Baku is nice only because of the varying like uh, yeah. like circumstances, like, like the varying like track layout. It's it's well, like Baku seems to be like one of those street circuits where you can overtake as well. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, they've, they've they've started out like I think for me my. I really like Zandvoort. Like the banking was definitely like you don't really see F F one cars at, at that angle. That angle, but, right? Yeah. If you watch oval racing and stuff, you see Indy cars and things like that. But to see an F one car around that, it's, uh, that that was fun. Uh, it's like a mini Suzuka, right? Zandvoort kind of. And it's nice to also see the beach, you know, right next to the track and stuff. So that was fun. Maybe it'll get old after a while if you see a boring race or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then my perennial track that I hate is Monaco. It's just like, <laughs> I'm just going to say it, like, even before the season starts, what's the worst track model? That's like, it's, I think especially given how 
how I mean it was bad even with smaller cars, and now the cars are just so much bigger. It's yeah. just like yeah, Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's one race. It's just not going to get any better there. Yeah, so. uh, Nikhil, did any track stand out to you in the last like three races? I I'd go back to Saudi. Um, I, forgot, I don't know what the track's name is, but I mean it was such a flam like flamboyant. The whole event seemed so overdone because yeah. of all the lights <laughs> and the. Uh, yeah. I mean, you expect it from Saudi Arabia. I don't doubt it. They have the money to do all that, but. It was apart from that the race was also absolutely bonkers, man. So I think it was it was great. Yeda Cornish circuit, that's what it's called. Oh, okay. Yeda Cornish is interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like I feel like that track is just not F one ready. Like you know, it's just it's they. I, I don't know what they're gonna do about it, but it's just uh, I agree with Sukhuti. It's just not safe. Like you have so many of these blind fast corners. Yeah. Which I'm like, yeah. I, I feel like those tracks designed to like have a good drive to survive episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like we're gonna create some chaos over here for sure. And so, but it's just a matter of time before. Uh, there was some scary ones. I think Nikita Mazepin's. Yeah, with Russell. Yeah, with Russell, it was it was really scary to watch. Also, I don't know if you got a chance to see the F2 uh, accident that happened. Just that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, that, that was, was scary. scary. That was scary. Yeah, was it Fittipaldi who broke his heel? Yeah. 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 Fittipaldi. Yeah. That was just. Porsche. Yeah, the party. Yeah. yeah. So like it was. That was a scary yeah, accident. I mean, yeah. A very scary accident. So I think they're gonna have to make. I don't think that uh, that track is ready for prime time. So to quote the great Murray Walker. Uh, I've got a lump in my throat. That's what he said when Damon Hill won uh, the world championship, right? Uh, so, which moment was that for you this season? Like, which moment was the one that really made you pause and, like, you know, it really captured your attention? And, like, essentially, what I'm trying to ask is, what was your moment of the season? Man, I would go with the uh, the last race. I mean. That really made me pause. I was like, "Well, um, should I support? Should I keep, keep going with Max? What's going on over here?" But yeah, that was that was it for me. Nice, Sai. I would go with Baku. Like, if you if you look at it in hindsight, right? Like, and had everything else gone the same, you know, let's say Silverstone happened, let's say you know Monza happened, or you know whatever, Hamilton would have had a twenty-five point lead in that last race because that race was his. Yes, it was it was a win because Max had that you know tire blowout and stuff. So I think in hindsight, in the grand scheme of the championship, for me Baku was the moment of the season. The magic, leaving the magic on. Yeah, that's that's the one for me. What about you, Sukriti? So um, I my moment is um, I was at one point really fed up of Max and Lewis and their entire championship drama and all of the incidents. <laughs> Um, that uh, took place. So my moment of this entire season doesn't feature either of them. Um, it's the Russian qualifying with Landon Orison, Paul Carlos Sainz on the front row, and George Russell in a Williams in P3. And I was like, yes, please just tell Lewis and Max to take their cars and themselves and go home and let these guys race. Um, and just, just like the potential for next year and the promise that these these guys show. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm happy to move beyond Max and Lewis and like have some time with them. That's a good. That's a good thought, right? Like I think even I was thinking like so much just about the championship. There were a lot of yeah. good moments, feel good moments in the season, and a lot of like heartbreaking, right? So yeah. I think Monza was a really good, feel good one. Russia was a heartbreaking one. Yeah. Yeah. With Lando, and uh, I think we also saw Esteban Ocon getting a win, which was you know yeah. seeing Fernando Alonso like happy for his team. Oh, yeah. That's also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When is the last time you saw him happy for his teammate? You know, like so. It's like yeah. you know, it's, it's only a matter of time before that. You know, <laughs> but like, you know, it was Fernando. But uh, you know, like so, there were there were a lot of good uh, uh, reasons to celebrate uh, other teams and drivers doing well too. My moment of the season had to be McLaren getting that one too. Yeah. I mean, after like 
how many years have they like won the race and then to win yeah. it with your uh, second driver coming in second i thought that was just... i mean they made the absolute most of uh the luck they were thrown in with the like lead drivers taking each other out and i mean at the end of the day uh through the sprint i mean uh, ricardo did shine and like he did put yeah, his he did. car up there so yeah i think that was i thought, I thought that, that that final lap and the win of mclaren and you know them finishing one two was definitely my moment of the season just cuz i'm a mclaren fan from like Hakkinen days, so it was nice to see that team like uh, on top there. I think going into next year, we should just decide that you can either be a McLaren fan or a Charles fan. One's a driver and one's a driver. It's completely different. No, no, never. I think, I think another <laughs> Christian Horner being sent for. Uh, Stuart training or something. Yeah, drive to survive needs to get in on that action. Like they need to give us that footage. Or season four will be a shit show. Um, um, uh, looking forward to twenty twenty two. What's the one thing you guys uh, would want to like change or want to see like completely different from uh, this season to next? I think the decision that the FIA made to kind of stay back and just do their job, I think that would help because then no one can cross blame. You know, like oh, if it was Red Bull's fault or it was Mercedes' fault, they influenced the output. They can just blame the FIA and get done with it. But uh, I feel that will make racing also a lot more fun because rules are always there. But you know, they they certain certain experiences kind of let them modify those rules and change them to suit the race better. So I think that breaking that connection with what they have as they have today, I think that would help everyone kind of ease out and do their job. So I don't know. I think that's the one change I'm looking forward to. Otherwise, racing-wise, it was great. It was an absolutely great season from what I saw, and I think I'm hoping it's going to be the same next year or yeah. better. Ah, uh, Supriya, I don't want to see a Mercedes or Red Bull um, constantly winning or uh, Mercedes and Red Bull dominance. Good boy fans. <laughs> Yeah. I think as long as we have like two teams fighting for it, uh, it'll be a good spectacle. It'll be nice if there are two different teams. Like, yeah. you know, hopefully, given the fact that this championship went down to the wire, if you remember, like two thousand and eight, right? When we came back in two thousand nine, it was like pretty much a brand new formula. You had like Grand GP up there at front, and then Red Bull. So Ferrari and McLaren were caught like. With their pants down, basically, because yeah. they're fighting for the championship yeah. the previous year. So hopefully, we have a situation like that, and we have, you know, uh, we have a McLaren or a Ferrari up there. Okay. Ferrari looks quietly confident this year. Yeah, you know? like they were yeah. just—they're not fucking themselves up or anything. So, so let's see how that goes. It'll also be interesting to see if we have like a surprise contender in Alpine or Aston Martin. But I highly doubt it. They, those yeah. guys don't look like know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, so. I hope Ferrari and McLaren are up there. I think another thing that I want to see, well, closer racing, we can we can always we hope. I mean, that's what the that's what the regulations are supposed to like bring, right? Closer racing. Yeah. Exactly, but I also feel like there needs to be some thought around like a couple of things, like you know, um, swapping our tires under a red flag should be one. It's it's all about. I think the other, and I think also engine penalties too. You know, like I think, you know, it's like, oh, let's take this engine penalty, and you know, you come back with like two-second lap advantage or something. There needs to be some thought uh, beyond that because, like, reliability isn't even like a thing anymore. Right? Mm. It's like we have like, I can't remember an engine breakdown this year. I'm sure there must have been one somewhere, but like, like I, I didn't no, see like an engine. Issues with reliability. I didn't. Uh, didn't uh, Russell in the last race retire with the issues? With PU issues. Yeah. Yeah. He just last race. Yeah. Last race yeah. of the season. Yeah. Last race of the season. Yeah. 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 Was a bit iffy. It was a bit iffy. Yeah. I think the Aston Martins and the Williams yeah. suffered a little bit with Mercedes engines, but yeah, Mercedes. Yeah, really? yeah. So like um. So yeah, let's see. Like you know, it should be done in a way where you don't get like a. Distinct advantage by just swapping an engine, right? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. So I think 
I think, yeah, you know, swapping tires under red flag, engine penalties, uh, closer racing, and, you know, new folks at the front. New old folks. Let's get the McLaren <laughs> and the Ferrari back. Yeah, if I had to pick one thing, it would definitely be uh, uh, a, a more clear, uh, concise, and consistent FI in their rulings. That's what I would yeah. want different for uh, next season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about this, man. Like, this is the only sport where you need like a law degree to understand the rules. Yeah. Like, it's, it's insane. Yeah, but I want to... In the meantime, Prash, I want to change my answer yeah. to what Sukhti said. I think I think the more you watch Hamilton kind of go at it with uh, with Red Bull and so Max like, as an example, I think that's going to get boring after a point. I'd really like to see other races come, other like racers come up and kind of fight for that pole one, two, three or whatnot. I want to yeah. see Lando win his first race, Carlos so win his people. first race. Charles, yeah. first. Charles, Charles, Charles win his first race after a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I uh, know. Yeah, I I really like Lando as well. I think he's another happy-go-lucky kind of guy, you know, where he's, from a personality perspective, I think he'll do great, man, if he becomes one of the good top racers, basically. Yeah. No, so I, I still can't see you. Can't see him. <laughs> so you got to push, push for it. Yeah, it's hammer time. That's right. <laughs> Both of our tires are short size that time. <laughs> <laughs> can you guys hear me? Yes, we can hear you. No, no, I was, I was just uh, finishing my list of like my wish list for next year. Like, <laughs> yeah. One was one was gravel traps is one, and then the other one I was thinking about was, um, dude, the F two champion should get an F one seat. Like I, I, like I think that needs to happen somehow. Like, you know, it's because like now we have an F2 championship, you know, champion, um, what's it, Piastri, like, he doesn't have a seat next year, Yeah. right? Yeah. And, um, you know, and we, we just have way too many pay drivers in sport right now, you know, make it a massive event. That's a different problem altogether, and I don't know, something like, you know, the lowest place driver gets, you know, kicked out, and then you have the F2, you know, the previous year's F2 champion coming in. There has to be something, right? Because... I don't want a situation in the long run where you, you know, you have somebody whose dream is to get F1. They've done everything right, right? And then for these kinds of factors beyond the talent, they're not able to get in. So um, I don't have a solution to that problem, but I'd like to see that happen. The F2 champion gets a drive. All right. I think with that, we'll probably wrap up uh, this episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for like being a part of it. This was like an epic season and I hope many more to come. And you guys back on the, the show many, many times again. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Rush. Thanks for having us. I hope you guys had as good a time listening to this as we had making it. Uh, cheers. Thanks so much for listening. And I'll see you in the next one. Hope you have a great night.